leave a message to be on the show. That's right, you can. If you go to the show's description on whatever platform you're listening to this on, and mind you, it does host on many platforms. This SAS podcast, Starseeds Angels Savant Syndrome, hosts on many platforms, as most podcasts do these days. Well, if you look in the description for the show, you'll find a link to message us. And you can leave a, leave a audio recording for the show and be on air, not live, but you can ask a question or leave a statement. Heck, this show is explicit and it's rated explicit. So you can even swear. You can swear at me if you want. And roast me. And that's perfectly fine. I welcome anybody to say anything that they want. And that's freedom of speech. How it should be. I I don't know if there's a time limit on the audio recording that you're allowed to uh, record with. But uh, try to keep it a little bit short. I'd say at least under like half an hour, if that's okay with you. But yes, please do message and be on the show. You can do so anonymously. Perfectly fine. Right then, I hope I am coming loud and clear because there is a very loud bird right outside of my window. Do you hear him? Maybe it's her. But I figured with a guest, I should do the show. Right? You know, you get a guest over, you might as well just do the show. And my guest is the bird. Because it is right outside of my window, actually. What it is, is there's an AC. Like, because I'm on the second uh, second story, second floor. Uh, There's like an AC, like, to my right, outside the window. And the birds, they like to go and, like, chill up there. You know? And sometimes it's really scary too because like um at night we'll get like owls that'll just like thump you know they'll come and swoop down and just like plump on their heck of loud and it's like it'll be late at night and you're just like boom <laughs> you know and i never knew what it was for the longest time really and um you know sometimes actually there's another thing too that we still have not figured out what it is but like up in the the like i guess the rafters for the roof that not the roof but the um you know like the attic because i live in an apartment complex right and so there's a there's an attic of course you know it's just like not an actual attic where there's like a home attic you know where people like go up there to put their stuff and or or have like you know living environment or anything i hope I think, (laughs) I don't know, but every now and then, 
a lot of times, not not just now and then, like a lot of times, like we hear things from in the attic. Freaking weird. And like, it's so weird because like, well, I mean, this is actually an ironic thing from my childhood, you know, uh, but we'll get to that story another time. But basically, like, I don't know, I've heard like, walking up there you know like you know and we'll ask each other too like did you guys hear it? did you hear it yeah i heard that what the heck was that you know it's like just like people in the attic oh my god <laughs> have you ever seen that movie Whew, that's a that's a crazy movie that's an old school one too i think that was a it had to be a late 80s horror flick not really it was a horror yeah it was a horror flick it was a scary movie you know but it wasn't really too scary it was more like thrilling and um wow what an amazing movie i I think it was called the people in the attic i might be mistaken it might have been called the people under the stairs i don't know um you know uh, let's look it up because i i want to know and you should no, the correct name of it. Let's see. Let's try people in the attic. Attic. And it's like, um, you know, it's a really weird movie. Basically, there's this little black kid, right? You know, he's maybe like, you know, like 12 or something, right? And he lives in the ghetto-ish, you know? Ish. Yeah, he lives in the ghetto, right, you know. And basically what it is, is there's, like, these asshole rich white people that own, like, hell of the, like, um, you know, own hell of the property that that they're, that they're all getting, you know, people are getting evicted from and, like, places are closing down all because these rich white people, right? I think this is it. This is it. Um, nope, that's not it. The people, people under the stairs, maybe people under the stairs. Let's try that one out. You probably know what it is. I don't know, but if you've seen it, that movie is so crazy. Like they, you know, they, 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 this, they make the little kid, right, break into the house. There it is. The people under the stairs. <laughs> I might have that going on. I don't know. But basically, you know, this uh, little kid, you know, he, um, this Black Panther dude or something like that. I don't know. They, they, they make him go and, like, go into the, the house to try to, like, get evidence or something or rob the place. I can't remember. But you know they they want to incriminate the criminals that which are the really rich white people because they just fucking have hella creepy shit and they're just really creepy and they lock everything and they're really weird so they know what's up everybody knows what's up so they you know they try to get some info they got the kid they put the you know make the kid go and um, try to figure out what the hell's going on and the whole thing is the most trippiest ride you have ever been on (laughs) Uh, I see it's a 1991 film yeah 
What a weird movie. Yeah, let's see. It says, uh, American horror comedy film. Horror comedy? I don't find it funny. I mean, there's some amazing moments. Yeah, sure, there's a funny moment or two, but I mean, not really comedy. Written and directed by Wes Craven. Yep, so you know it's good. Uh, starring Bram Adams, Yvette McGill, Wendy Robbie, blah, 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 all these people, you know, I mean, like, at this break, stars, movie stars, yeah. Craven has stated that The People Under the Stairs was partially inspired by a news story from the late 1970s, holy shit, in which two burglars broke into a Los Angeles household, of course, Hollywood, <laughs> Inadvertently causing the police to discover two children who had been locked away by their parents. Oh shit. Fuck, that's so sad. Damn. Yeah, I, you know. Actually, I, I know a person that experienced something like that. And, um. I can't even. I can't even imagine. You know. He's an amazing guy, too. Fucking amazing guy. But he, uh, yeah, he experienced something like that. And I can't believe that, you know, that that, that that kind of thing happens out there, you know. People just get locked up. And I remember not even that long ago. I think it was, what, um, three years ago? You know, police caught uh, his two parents. They, they, they had 12 kids. And they had tied up. All of them. And we're keeping all of them hostage. Nobody knew. And I mean, like, these kids were ranged from all ages because, because you know, I mean, like, you know, you're not going to have 12 kids and, like, you know, freaking, they're going to be the same age. You know? No, they were their, their kids, you know, um, genetically, but whatever, you know, how do you put it? And and some of them were adults, too. Tied up still. Like, fucking nuts, dude. Basically, that's what the movie was about, the people under the stairs, except for it was a lot more than just their, you know, than just children. And it wasn't even, like, people that, like, it was just a lot of people that, you know, they had accumulated from, you know, catching and keeping in their house. And, you know, um, it was just gross. What a weird fucking movie. You know, they had, like, uh, the walls, you know, like, I can't explain it. <laughs> I'm just probably sounding very, very um, confusing to you, but you know it's a trippy, very trippy film. Uh, let's see, right, Leroy. Oh shoot. <laughs> okay, yeah, right here. Uh, Poindexter Fool Williams is a resident of a Los Angeles ghetto. He and his family are being evicted from their apartment by their landlords, the Robsons. Robinson. Robsons. I don't know. The Robesons, who are believed to be a married couple, call themselves Mommy and Daddy. They have a daughter named Alice. Leroy has associated Spencer and Fool break into the Robesons' house by using Spencer to pose as a municipal worker. The Robesons leave the house shortly, but Spencer does not return. 
Fool and Leroy break into the house to look for Spencer, and Fool finds his dead body in a large group of strange pale children in a locked pen inside a dungeon-like basement. The Robinsons return, and Fool flees, while Leroy is shot to death by Daddy. Fool runs into another section of the house, where he meets Alice. She tells him that the people under the stairs were children who broke the see here speak no evil rules of the Robeson's household. Uh, the children have degenerated into cannibalism to survive, and Alice has avoided this fate by obeying the rules without question. This is like really, uh, I mean, if you've kept up with the things that I will maybe mention on this show some other time, <laughs> you know, I don't like, I don't try to go that dark into shit, but okay, maybe I should, right? You know, um, you know, the, the whole, um, The documentary, like for instance, the documentary called Out of Shadows. You should watch that. If you've never seen it, check it out. It's definitely one of the um, videos that is being constantly taken down and put up back up onto YouTube in the fight against uh, censorship. It's being censored specifically because it's so believable and is so believable because it has fucking facts. Reliable sources. And it's just, that's the thing, you know, you see, the thing is, is that darkness can only, evil can only exist in the shadow of darkness. Because we don't want evil. We don't want to see evil. We don't want evil done to us. So we stomp it out when we see it. So the only way that evil could exist is in our ignorance of it. Right? That's by default. So what does evil do? Evil creates shade, shadows, uh, places to hide, right? It's, of course, by nature. If we would not want to see evil, you know, and have evil around us, you know, and this very, very, very elemental thing that um, that video, that movie, you know, is basically showing and reflect. Well, then evil would have to exist by lies, um, by falsifications, and by um, gaslighting, by mockery, by, you know, evil, twisted, wicked ways. So... In that sense, denial is their greatest weapon. And I mean the denial of the people. Our fear to look at the truth, our fears and discomfort ability to look at what's true is what they rely on. It's what any evil would rely on. And I'm just saying this in general. You could, you could um, let's use this as a universal in a sense of um, psychological dynamic and law, the law of nature of our psychology, of our consciousness, is that we inherently would feel uncomfortable 
at certain truths that are uncomfortable <laughs> to look at. Therefore, we would try to look away. It's called denial, right? It happens in many different ways. One of the ways would be um, the cut-loss fallacy, otherwise known as the lost cause fallacy. That's where you've invested so much into a idea or into an ideology or a belief or into a practice or a way that you deny looking at how it is not working or how it is not right or how it is based off false information. And basically it's wrong. You know, denial of, you know, uh, basically being a hypocrite and seeing that the thing that you've invested in is not valuable at all, it has no value or doesn't exist. That's ineffectual or anything. So that's um, that's one way that we go into denial, and the the aspects of denial are very um, chartable. That's the thing, is that you can have an, a debate with somebody, right? And in that debate, there's only certain aspects that would come up in certain debatable form. This is why we have the list of logical fallacies or uh, informal fallacies, if you will. Uh, you know, check it out on Wikipedia. Look it up on uh, online. There's all kinds, not just Wikipedia. There's even uh, better lists than that. But, you know, uh, they're basically uh, fallacies. They're, they're, they're arguments that don't make any logical sense uh, and don't have a logical foundation. So when you can find those and look at them and study them, you know, I mean, uh, they're used in uh, court of law a lot because we can, you know, in, in any debate of, debate form, I'm sure you've learned it in high school, a good amount of them at least. Maybe not, maybe not, you know. Um, and I almost didn't, I almost went through high school without, if it wasn't for one teacher. You know, really cool guy. Then I would have never even known that any of them existed. But logical fallacies, informal fallacies. Look it up. Fallacies with two L's. F-A-L-L-A-C-Y. And um, there's so many of them. There's a lot. Don't overwhelm yourself. But you probably already know a good amount of them. If you've ever heard of the term uh, strawman fallacy or red herring fallacy, you know, those are some of them, uh, begging the question, things like that, and deniability, plausible deniability, that's what it's called, who was it, I think it was um, Nixon, was it, I don't know, I, I was, it was before my time, but uh, one of the presidents was quoted in that in saying that the greatest thing that we could do right now, I think he was like supposed to be saying this in secret too or something, is uh, something about plausible deniability, <laughs> you know, uh, which is basically like, you know, the, the the width of an area in which the populace would be like in denial because they would not, you know. Want to look at that? Let's look at other situations where that might exist, right? Like, um, imagine, imagine that 
there is a woman and she has a daughter. Right? And the woman is single, but she's got a daughter, right? You know, and she's trying to, you know, hook up with this guy, but she, you know, she needs the daughter to fucking handle her own shit. And, you know, not bug her because she doesn't want to scare away the guy because she likes the guy, you know, she wants to, she wants to, you know, flirt with him and then maybe go out and, you know, and casually mention she's got a daughter, right? So already there's a sense of, like, separation psychologically. So the, 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 the mother would then be choosing psychologically, subconsciously, and in dynamic, just in a sense, just in a slight sense. She's in a situation where she's psychologically choosing the man over her own daughter. Just psychologically and not in whole, right? Not in whole. It's just a, a, a dynamic. Now, in that situation, right, imagine this. Imagine that time goes on. Everything worked out fine for the mother. And, you know, the, the daughter was like, whatever, you know, and took care of her shit and... And now they're all living in a house. You know, the man and, and mother got married. Everything's good. Now imagine this. What if I then began to sexually molest the daughter? It happens all the time. So that's the honest truth of it. Now, we could see that just in the, uh, the aspect of it being so feverishly uh, advertised in porno, in pornography. There's so much of it as a theme. It's a literally a theme in, in porno. That's not right. That's not, you know, it, it's not. And especially because it becomes culturally uh, promoted to be acceptable. It's not. And it, that's the thing. It's not acceptable. It shouldn't. It's wrong. And we all know it's wrong in our hearts. But going back to the psychological dynamic, look at it. In that situation, and I'm using this as a theme because it's true. And it's not the only thing where this kind of thing happens. So keep in mind your own self in your life and in your social dynamics. Where are you possibly in denial of? Now, now the, the mother would not want to believe the daughter if the daughter said that the husband was sexually molesting her. She wouldn't want to believe it. She would straight up to know. In fact, she might even kick out the daughter. I've heard stories of that kind of thing happening where the, the parent literally just treats the kid like they're crazy, you know, denies everything about them, starts hating on them, and treating the kid worse while supporting the the villain, the, the asshole, the, the molesting stepfather. That happens a lot. Do not be that. Do not sacrifice your family and loved ones just because you've infested in the belief and trust in in anything, really in anyone. Because anybody can falter. Anybody at all times, every single human being 
is a a scale is it not not a scale but um yeah like a scale like if you imagine the the libra scales right there's good on one side and bad on the other carl jung talked about this a lot too and the aspect of it because we are all balancing in between both sides people like to think oh that person's bad or that person's good I mean, that person is trustworthy, but that person is not. No, I, it's really, I mean, okay. Certain things, yes. You do not trust a person who is known to do certain things fucking in certain ways in that certain dynamic that, you know, they fucking failed. <laughs> Duh. But I will keep you in mind that everybody, everybody falters in ways that they have not yet learned virtues. And everybody's susceptible. We are susceptible to fall, to fail, to do evil because of the psychological, uh, how do you put it? Uh, the denials, really. Because of the structured denials that we've set up in our cultures and in our family uh, orientations and our in our belief systems in our words in our, in, our, in our communication with each other, uh, we've got egregores and egregorical definitions that are inherently faulty. You know, we've got hypocrisy all the way, all throughout. You look at anything, right? Uh, the word economy means. The efficient use of resources. <clears throat> As so, you know, I like to argue that we don't even have an economy. To, to even claim to have economists. <laughs> if anything, the economists would be the homeless. Those are the ones that are, you know, um, doing the most, most efficient you know, uh, use of resources in, in comparison to the waste of resources that basically is um, the market economy. I've just trailed off a lot. I know, there's so much information that I always try to to share. But uh, let's, let's digress. Let's uh, take a step back. Yeah, so um, if we're going to backtrack all the way to the elemental irony which is this video the people under the stairs and reflect of the weird weird thing how sometimes me and my family here shit maybe i don't know maybe it's like something on the roof top part i don't know it could be like the owls just like you know come up there and like you know, because uh, they always can get pretty damn big. They can, you know, and they, they can be pretty fat, too, because they eat, like, rats and stuff. And um, when they walk, it's possible, if they're really fat, that they would make a lot of sounds bipedally. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, um, and, and them landing on the roof, too, that would that would do it. You know, it's just... It's just really weird sometimes, you know, because sometimes the sound does sound straight up like it's, it's something big up there in the attic. 
stepping and stuff. <laughs> it's creepy, right? You know, uh, some people would now in our denials, right? This is the thing too. It's a huge thing is that, well, if it were true, now let's say like if it were true in, uh, you know, just in a hypothetical sense that there was somebody up there or something, which is why not possible? It could be, hey, it could be a thing. Well, we would be in denial of it because that's a very uncomfortable thought, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, as everything creaks around me. It's daytime, so I'm not too tripped out. But I will let you know. I, I have never hallucinated in my life. I have taken shrooms. I, I used to sell shrooms. This show is explicit, by the way. And I give that as a warning. So I will talk about this stuff occasionally. Occasionally. But, you know, I don't say, uh, you know, uh, I don't promote those kinds of things at all. But I do not judge them either. Because it's not exactly like Nazi America yet. But in any sense, I've never hallucinated. I've never seen something that wasn't there, you know. And I, if any sense, if anything, I've seen things that surely were there. And historic, scientific, and documented effects of such things in reflect being parallel do go to show that. In the recourse for scientific method being science had, we cannot be obtuse, we cannot be in denial, or else it's not science. It's If you would be in denial, you would be more so holding on to an ideology or promoting an ideology which would make it dogmatic then it therefore would be your religion not science so therefore we must look at all aspects look at the data represented and um give a fair look at what is true and what is false not by lazily applying ad hominem to things and then so we would cast it off as not trustworthy data ad hominem is uh the attack of one's character let me give you a good example if we go right now let's do this together i'm going to look up dr judy j-u-d-y michael bits m-i-k-o-v-i-t-z and Let's look up the Wikipedia page for that. So I'm just going to type in wiki. Let's pull it up. Now, let me show you what an ad hominem is. It's a, a basically, in when it's used in an argument, now the, the mainstream uh, media is all about it these days. Okay, so notice how it just says Judy Mikovits. It doesn't at all mention that she's actually very much still a doctor, but it doesn't say that in the title, which it should. No, what does Wikipedia say? It says, Judy Ann Mikovits is a former American research scientist who is known for her discredited medical claims, such as the murine endo endogenous retroviruses are linked to, this isn't even proper grammar, this is improper English, uh, are linked to chronic fatigue syndrome. She has been described as an anti-vaccination activist 
and a promoter of conspiracy theories, and has been accused of scientific misconduct. She has made several false claims about vaccines, COVID-19 and chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, ah, interesting. You know, I'm just going to scroll down so I could, you know, read this without having to, uh, you know. Oh, there you go. It's got a little bit of stuff, you know. It says a little bit of stuff. Just wanted to make sure they gave some respect to her. You see, the thing is, is that she was one of the top scientists. The top American scientists in biology. She's been in with the, I believe it was the National Health Institute. She worked for the National Health Institute. Or it was either that one or the National Cancer Institute. I, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, info on this page in front of me. I'm just going off my memory. For 22 years, she was the person that we... Like, not the person. Like, I mean, I mean there's, obviously, there's a lot of doctors that are very respected. But, I mean, 22 years at the National Health Institute? What the fuck? Let's see what this one says right here. Um... Uh, received her BA degree in chemistry from University of Virginia. Uh, uh, blah, 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 Michigan served as laboratory technician at Department of Secrets to blah, blah, blah. Bovine growth hormone product. Uh, oh, oh, you mentioned that. National Cancer Institute. Well, basically, okay, so basically what I'm trying to get at is that homonym is where you just, like, talk a bunch of mad smack, you know, you talk crap about somebody, and um, you just try to smother them with, like, attack against, like, you know, you try to discredit them in the eyes of other people. Well, the thing is, is that when you, when you do that, right, there's no value in the words. There's a reason why it's a fallacy. Is because it's not giving proper credence, proper respect to the full nature of the person. So the thing is, is that even if the person was a bad person, or even if the person, you know, was known for lying, that inherently has nothing to do with the the debate at hand. That has nothing to do with whether they are true or, or you know, uh, or lying. You know, it, it it inherently, a lot of times, actually points to the irony. You see, the thing is, is that Judy Mikovits came through for us. You know, what was it, five years ago, I believe it was? I'm not even going to try to go through all the uh, data uh, right at the moment, because I don't want to bore you to death. But from what I recall... From the, because I've already looked through it all. I've already studied her before the documentary came out that she was gaslit out of, and we were gaslit out of seeing. Before the second part of that documentary came out, where the fact checkers went and made a whole bunch of fact checks that claimed to check and debunk things from the documentary while not giving any citation to the actual film, not allowing you to watch it, not at all letting you know 
the things that were actually said. There, I mean, if anything, it would it it would properly be a fact check if it allowed the viewer to watch the film. I've seen the first and second parts. I don't know if she's ever came out with the third and fourth parts. They were supposedly supposed to come out, but I know that the entire censorship thing. That's why it came out. That's why there was the whole, you know, uh, YouTube tripping, uh, fucking uh, Facebook thing, fucking bullshit, the whole fucking... And then and then Trump, thank God, <laughs> and then Trump coming out and making up like it was about him and his tweets. See, you guys don't get it. You, you weren't there with the rest of us activists fucking pushing this stuff, you know. If, and maybe you were there with this. Maybe you were helping out. But chances are, you know, you like the rest of, you know, the world in America were had your blinders on and were trying not to look. You don't even understand how scared we all were as activists because nobody was looking. Nobody wanted to look because they were chicken shit. You know, all of the evidence was being fucking right there there was so many fucking doctors and scientists coming through thousands literally thousands before all of this happened you have uh, arthur Furstenberg. he he came through with an appeal that 26,000 scientists and doctors had signed before all of this fucking gaslit out of the fucking whole thing you know and that's the reason why this evil kind of shit happens. The reason why it's allowed to happen is because of ignorance. And what I mean by that is the ignoring it people. The people that are not wanting to look. Don't be that mother who disbelieves her daughter and chooses to sleep with the monster while casting out her own you are that every single time. You don't look at the evidence when somebody comes and says, Hey, look. Look at this. This is what's going on. For God's sake, look. Otherwise, you might as well be voting for the evil to be done. You might as well be claimed as that child molester because if you ex if you if you if you choose to be in denial rather than give awareness to the aspect then that's evil that's allowing for evil that's more than allowing for evil that is what evil wants so don't allow that don't be that and don't fall into stupid ad hominem tricks. That's what they do. That's what anybody would do. That's what evil-hearted people do. The wicked, they 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 start ad hominems against people. You know, so where there's stupid drama that has nothing to do with the actual instances that are at hand. Got a little bit uh, emotional there. Thanks for bearing with me. This is important stuff. And, um, I'd appreciate it.
if you took the red pill and actually looked. Don't just cast things off as, oh, they're crazy or, oh, this is crazy. You know, I mean, sure, some people believe things too easily. But you should definitely, definitely not cast off things without looking. Definitely not. You should look. Thank you for joining me. I'm going to take a break. You're listening to SAS, Starseeds Angels Savant Syndrome, with your host, The Mystic Man. Thanks for joining.
doesn't exist. Yes, it does. It just hasn't in a while. It's been gone on vacation. And I get that info from a very, 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 very sane source. He knows who he is. He's probably laughing right now. I mean, like, right now as I'm recording this, he's probably laughing because he's a fucking powerful psychic. And that is pretty cool. He's also my mentor. And he's been on the show before. That's right. I call him Dante. I call him lots of things. I call him asshole. And that's always in a good uh, good tone, like a good friendly tone, too. Because me and him are assholes. We're assholes to each other and to the people. Which is a sign of sincerity. And authenticity, really. And in the assumption that I know what I'm talking about, because he told me a little tiny bit about it once, I will begin to explain exactly what it is. And I will be correct. Of course I will. Because as I'm assuming since I am an ass, and I am telling you from who I really am, because that is me, I am being authentic. And as I am being authentic, what I tell you is of authenticity. Amen. Isn't that ironic? Yes, it is. And isn't irony the face of God? Yes, it is. And does not iron conduct electricity? I, I lost track of the uh, uh, double negative, triple negative. I don't even know what, you know, what not. Yes, not. Yes, iron conducts electricity. It does. Just like the mage card in tarot. Major Arcana. The first card is actually the second card, but we don't count the woman. Of course, the zero, the divine feminine, we don't count the zero. The fool, we call her. Which, uh, if you remember, we already had a fool in the other earlier part of the show. The little boy, the little black boy, right? It's the main character in the movie. The people under the stairs. Yeah, that's right. His alias was Fool. That's what they called him. Wes Craven film. Awesome film. If you haven't seen it, watch it. You will trip balls. Because it is explanatory of everything that is happening right now. Aora. But in any case, let's go and explain what Thunder Magic is, because even though I've been explaining it this entire show, even though I've been explaining it through the many aspects that I've just explained to you, let's further explain. And I'm going to have to do that through more mystical ways. I'm sorry. It's just how it goes, because, you know, if I just tell you the data-filled info, which is, like, funny, because it's the thing that I always 
really demand from my mentor. Just tell me the data. And then he does, and it blows me away so much that I go into, uh, you know, um, psychological delusion and, and uh, totally forget it all, of course. I don't barely read half of it because it's just too mind-blowingly obviously true, and my denial just can't face it. And I snapshot the fuck out of it, screenshot, excuse me, the fuck out of it to t store so that way I can look at it when I'm ready because I couldn't. Although I do, I look at it, I just, you know, you know there's a difference between reading and processing, and that's why he doesn't like to, <laughs> he gets annoyed at me, and he, um, you know, gets, gets uh, you know, dragged into saying the data part, because well, we don't listen to the truth, do we? We don't listen to the data, we don't listen to the knowledge of it, because you know all the data and the knowledge you want don't mean anything not unless it means something to you already that means it has to come from the heart it has to come from passion it has to come from the emotional understanding the wisdom that can be given to you through experience or empathy but it cannot be relayed through data just as the philosopher david hume explained it I believe it was, and I, I quote this quote all the time. I don't even remember the exact book that it was in that he wrote. Um, but I think it was a, something like an inquiry to human understanding. Reason can only be slave. Passion, and indeed, ought to only ever be slave to passion. And that sounds really weird, right? Like you'd figure reason would come first. Well, the thing is, there is that reason is not always reasonable. Just because we have our reasons doesn't mean that it's reasoned. <laughs> doesn't mean that. Our reasons are reasonable, because we can have all the reasons we want. We might not know all of the factors, but we would still go through with them. That's why passion should not be a thing that is that is uh, slave to reason at all. Reason must be slave to passion. Because passion comes from the wisdom of experience. There is a quote that I've said all my life. And I had no idea that anybody ever said it before. I only trust a person who has scars. I only trust a person who has scars. And you should only trust a person who has scars. I guess that's an ancient Viking. saying of course it is well let's look at the dynamics what is thunder thunder's loud right but the sound comes after the sound is a follow through you don't hear about it till after the factor actually what is the factor 
is blinding, but it is not the blinding. But it is blinding, but that is not the factor that truly is the thunderbolt, the lightning, the very, very frightening thing. What is evil? You see, that's the whole point, isn't it? You have thunder. My mentor put it in a way that uh, explained it as the darkness, the demons within the darkness, the shadows. They don't like thunder. They don't. They get scared. They run away. Thunder breaks through the darkness. It breaks through the illusion. Light shines equally in all directions. Truth. See, the thing about truth is you cannot have illusion when the truth is shining light all throughout. That's why I like to say that evil, evil is passive. Evil is passive-aggressive. Evil is subtle. That's why I like to say that a lot of things that, uh, with the theme narcissism, you look at narcissism, right? Now, I don't think people really understand. You see, people are like really blindly just kind of labeling anything that they don't like as narcissism. But they're not really seeing the true dynamics of what really is narcissistic. You know, for instance, that a lot of the factors which are narcissistic. really do stem from those emotions which would be um, the very emotions that generally have people calling and you know it's sparked and triggered to to accuse another person of narcissism let me explain imagine a person is very smart right they're very smart and they're very confident and they know what they're saying is true from experience now imagine they walk into a room, right, and they start explaining to everybody else what they know. They might even have a tone of, I know, you know, of a matter-of-fact-ish kind of tone, you know. Now that might bug certain people in that group. It would specifically bug the narcissistic people who are insecure and who don't like that person because that person makes them feel insecure. They don't like the fact that that guy or person 
makes them feel less intelligent in that area because they like to believe that they're know-it-alls, right? So, of course, they would blame him behind his back and they would claim that he is a know-it-all, thinks he knows it all, thinks that he's smarter than everybody because that's the thing is that they're bothered by it because they like to think that they're smarter than everybody and they don't like the fact that seeing that shows that their ego is wrong. The narcissistic actions would not be someone who stands up, faces things, and challenges openly. Actually, a narcissistic person works in the dark. They don't like to be uh, able to be challenged by the truth because they work in illusion, they work in lies and manipulation. So that's funny. A lot of times, um, uh, I've been I've been blamed as being narcissistic, and that's funny because at no point am I ever, you know, uh, looking in the mirror or fucking thinking that I'm the shit. Ooh, no. What I do is I focus on the things that matter, the things that I'm passionate about in the world. I go and I aim. To make a difference. Now the fact that I know that I can make a difference. And that I'm confident in it. Bothers people. It bothers people who don't make any actions. And don't try to do any of those things. And who like to believe that they're better than everybody else. So when they see somebody doing actually. Very practical things. And aiming to make a difference. Their inner narcissism comes out, right? And that's how it works. That's what evil is, obviously. Those um, unjust, unfounded, negative emotions that have no logical reasoning at all. They've got no foundation at all. No dignity at all. And they hate anything. That shows of dignity. Because theirs is false. Now, I mean, I just mean that in the sense of their own self, um, self-assessment at a subconscious level even. Because the truth is that everybody really has dignity in one way or another, you know. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't even have a value system. There wouldn't even be memory of that person uh, to themselves. They wouldn't have memory within them because they would be able to have a judgment, you know, uh, uh, a way to assess and associate anything because there would be no value system. This is why I explained that to the mind, to the consciousness, memory and uh, the process of sensing time and experiencing time very much is the same thing as um, the duality spectrum of good versus bad in the sense that when we're learning time at the very beginning as babies, we're learning what we like and don't like. We like mommy's milk. We don't like when the dog's too loud. 
And those conditions and rules that we make, those patterns of associations that we make, those become the language that we understand the world by. It's very much one and the same. Now, illusion sometimes gets to play. Let's say it happens in a million ways. One way would be through egregore. Egregore is a, another way to say meme, the word meme. It's the idea that an idea itself, a thought itself, has a life form of its own. It can evolve. It can have offspring. It can die. And it can go extinct. And don't thoughts work that way? See, the thing is, is that so does history. And sometimes history gets rewritten so that way others can have the advantage in certain scenarios that might be appealing to them. But you can't have all that, you know, in any amount of darkness, where there's lots of darkness, there's lots of charge building up, tensions are high, just like fear, right? What is a scream even? A scream is that tension being built up to a uh, Fulcrix, is that the word? Culp, 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 I don't know the word. I think it's Fulcrix. Fulcrix. Into a apex. There you go. And that culmination within that crucible of emotion, of feeling, of sense, very much a water thing, very much a Pisces 12th house kind of thing. You know, very much a, a thing of the void, a thing of the uh, the very divine feminine, the Holy Spirit. You know, the charge builds up in a encompassment. It's outstretched far. And within that, lots of little tiny aspects, let's call it, have emerged. And those aspects are sensed, and those aspects are not appreciated. And within the buildup of those aspects, enough becomes enough. And God strikes down the hammer of creation, saying no. And the will of God demands truth, justice, virtue. All of the wrong deeds, all of the evil deeds done by us, by any, those only happen from wrong from wrong ideas, untruths, falsehoods. Understanding brings a person to be understanding. 
that's not just a phrase that I say, that's truth. With more understanding of any aspect, you do not have fear. Fear is only a thing of not understanding. Fear is a thing of misunderstanding. And sometimes when there's enough of the misunderstandings, somebody has to drop the hammer to say what is. The life of the land is perpetuated in righteous deeds. The righteous deeds of humanity. It's up to you whether you want to be that that power towards righteousness, towards life of the land, or vote for death of it all. That is where we're going in this path that we're headed in the world, isn't it? It's where everybody has chosen to head. And I didn't mean that. It's been a choice. Everything has been a choice. You and all of your choices have been at play. A part of the whole. Even the decision to sit back and say nothing in your vote has been a choice too. And sometimes really all it does take is one person to shout loud enough to say, hey, fuck all you guys, you're wrong. And sometimes, no matter how loud one person shouts, the truth isn't heard. Actually, most often than not. factors are at play. We all are individuals of ourselves and we all have different values. A lot of us do share values and sometimes those values are actually taught to us, brainwashed to us. Values that aren't really valuable at all. In the beginning, in the book of Genesis, God explains after the whole sinful event with the snake, the serpent, Your offspring to the serpent, God says, will bite at her heel, and her offspring will stomp and crush on your head. You know what that is? It's the dynamic of evil, the wrongness, and the obtuseness. All that is the serpent is of lies. As lies and untruths and misunderstandings, those, those only live in darkness. Those only hide from the truth. Those only hide from being seen because the lies is the darkness, the evil. It cannot exist in the light. Because the woman would crush its head on sight. And that's what you should do. Whenever you see evil, whenever you see undignified actions in another, you stop them. You don't have to go and like, 
you know, straight stop them. But you do something. Do something. Don't do nothing. Because they're evil. And your allowance of them doing that, whatever that undignified action is, it could go on to hurt others. Probably will. This is why I don't allow people to talk bad about somebody behind their backs while in my presence. There's a limit, sure. If a thing is just, if I know that they're friends and that they really do sincerely like each other and that one is just complaining about another a little bit, then I will, you know, I'll say, uh, yeah, whatever, you know. But if somebody's just grotesquely smearing somebody, I tell them no. You and I are going to go right now, and you can say that to them, to their face. You know why I say that? It's the thing about authenticity. Because if you don't have the, the, gu the guts, you don't have the balls to say something to somebody's face, then you shouldn't say it at all. The reason is that if somebody's saying something like that, that they wouldn't say to somebody's face, they're probably lying. And the truth is, a hypocrisy. Because why would you not want to say something like that to somebody's face, right? If it's true. Well, obviously, if it's hypocrisy, then the opposite is true. See, the narcissist does not want to be seen being a snake. Because they know they will get crushed. And stomped out right on the spot. Thank you for listening. I am the Mystic Man. That is Thunder Magic. And everything that is Thunder Magic. And there's more to it, of course. Stick around. I almost say Thunder Magic every episode. Really? Uma o ke ea o ka aina i ka pono o humanity.